0: jv team it is so good to be back after our long hiatus and
1: break jackson it's good to be back in the booth brother no it's good to be back carter and we'll get episodes going once every week and get them rolling again and we have a special person coming on to join the jv team matthew morrison uh here at umhb a graduate student's going to help us out and talk about golf and crew sports so we're excited to have him on board yes so glad
0: matt Let's, let's hop right in. Let's introduce yourself.
2: Come on. Good to be with y'all, Carter and Jackson. Yeah, I'm excited to join the JV team. I've uh, been really admiring y'all's work forever, and to be a part of the team is uh, really a dream come true. Uh, I'm For those of you that don't know me, I am from uh, Temple, Texas. I graduated from UMHB in the spring of 2020, and I started my graduate program in July of 2020. I am a GA for the EXSS department up at UMHB. And uh, I also do the play-by-play broadcasting for uh, softball, baseball, and soccer for the UMHB Athletic Department. So I've got some experience in broadcasting and just really excited to be a part of uh, the JV team.
0: Well, Matt, we're so glad that you wanted to join the team, and we're, we're so excited for the future. Well, let's, let's dive right into it. So today, the Texans and J.J. Watt parted ways. Matt, can you tell us a little bit what happened there and what do you think's going
2: on? Yeah, it's been it's been a storm brewing kind of with the whole ownership. First with Deshaun Watson, we all know that situation. We'll talk a little bit more about it, but uh, the rumors about JJ Watt kind of started to peak. I want to say late last week about how that there might have been a move there. You kind of started seeing some Pittsburgh fans get excited that he might reunite with his brother uh, TJ and uh, you know, there was the writing was on the wall, and today he took to Twitter and just said that his time with the Texans uh, is done, and they've mutually agreed to part ways. And uh, it was really professionally done. It was, you know, JJ's a class act, and uh, but I know the the city of Houston's really going to miss him for all that he's done in his time in in the city. I mean, obviously with the hurricane Harvey, that was the thing that really uh, put him and showed his side of what he how he uses his platform for good and uh, i know that the city's going to miss him but uh, he's a great player and he won't be on the market very long
0: well you know as a houstonian and texans fan after harvey you know jj watt said that he just was just going to you know raise two hundred thousand dollars and you know that's by itself is incredible it's amazing well he raised 37 million and so you know now to houstonians jj J. watt is the man right you know he's one of the greatest athletes to ever play in our city. And, you know, he's – it's just—it's kind of heartbreaking. But at mm-hmm. the same time, everyone loves him because of what he's done for the community. And so you want to see him, you know, go win a ring. Because, right. I mean, he's obviously not going to win a ring this year with the Texans. He, with his injuries, you know, yeah. his his career – we don't know how many more years he can play at that level. His his career's already going down a little bit. Right. And so from a Texans fan's perspective, I just want to see him be happy.
2: Yeah, I, I think he really needs a win because I think if he a ring, if he were to get a ring, I think he could go down as a Hall of Famer, and I think that's the one thing that's keeping keeping him from being in a, a really a household name across the NFL. I mean, he's already there, but this, if he were to get a Super Bowl ring, I think that, I mean, it'd make him a no-brainer Hall of Famer by the end of his career. And I, you know, I I I'm a Texans fan. i I mean, I'm a Texas state of Texas fan. I like the Cowboys and I like the Texans and you know, he was kind of the guy that got me interested in the Texans and all the good he did. He's he's his he's done his career the right way. He's not ever had a scandal or something nothing bad has come out that would make you want to just dislike the guy and he's just done, you know, he's been very professional in everything he does. And I hate to see him go, but I think it's for the best.
0: You're absolutely right. I mean, how cool would that be if all three of the Watt brothers were on one team and they won a Super Bowl? Together? That would be that
2: would be pretty cool. I mean,
0: that's that's storytelling. Um, tell us a little bit more about how Deshaun, how this whole Deshaun Watson thing is going.
2: Oh on. man, that's been an absolute mess, and I think the whole city of Houston is just praying that they don't lose another superstar. I mean, it's been a tough it's been a tough few weeks, especially with George Springer signing with the Blue Jays. Uh, De- DeAndre Hopkins was obviously the whole city. That's kind of what cost Bill O'Brien his job. Uh, to to do that trade and then start out 0 and 3 or Owen 4 or whatever they got off to the start they did and now Deon, now Deshaun Wat, Watkins saying he wants out I did read today according to a source from John McClain, who uh, is the Texans kind of beat writer that the only team they are willing to even hear out right now are the Jets there uh, you know the Dolphins were a really big rumor that they would trade to uh, they're not interested in him, from what I've heard. Obviously, the Rams and the Lions are no longer really in the market because of the trade that we'll talk about here in a little bit with Matthew Stafford and Jared Goff. But and the Bears, the Bears have really not shown any interest. That was one name that kept popping up, and but no, nothing really has come of that. But the Jets are the ones right now that really keep. That's the name that people keep going to, and that's the only, That's from what I hear. That's the only. Uh, organization that the Texans would hear out discussing terms
0: if you were the Texans would you trade Deshaun Watson
2: I would not trade Deshaun Watson I mean he's what you've built your organization around and if you trade Deshaun Watson what do you really have left I mean you just gave JJ Watts not coming back he was been the face of your franchise he's not coming back so now it's Deshaun Watson I mean if you trade him who do you have I mean I mean, that's gonna draw tickets that that a fan will say, I wanna go see that guy play.
0: You you have nothing. And, you know, if you're the Texans, you spent the last twenty years have they, how long have they been around? Twenty years? Last twenty years saying, you know, well, we built this team, all we need is a quarterback.
2: And they got one and, and they it,
0: finally got they, one.
2: They and they know, were the year before last they were hot. I mean, they were coming into the gun you know, coming into the playoffs, guns blazing, and then they just accidentally the thing that did them in was they caught a red hot Colts team, and that was coming in with a lot of confidence. And that's and they played them tight. And then you get you make you make a bad off season move, which obviously with DeAndre Hopkins that was a huge mistake in my opinion. But financially is what they were thinking, and his contract is obviously very huge. And you know a wide receiver, I've always they're a dime a dozen. They're like pebbles on the beach. Agreed. But At the same time, he's DeAndre Hopkins, Mm -hmm. and, you know, if you get rid of Deshaun Watson, I don't think you'll have anybody that wants to, you know, somebody that will draw fans to come to a game, because right now, he's the only superstar player that I really see on that field. David Johnson ain't going to (laughs) draw, isn't going to draw tens of thousands of fans, I mean, Will Fuller isn't going to draw tens of thousands of fans. Brandon Cooks is a role player. I mean, I just think that you got to keep him in it and make him happy one way or another. And I get it. You can't let an athlete just dictate how an organization is going to run, but you got to find some way to get him happy on board and playing because if, he's, if he comes back to the Texans, I truly think they're still in good shape because – you can JJ repl- Watt's career is on like you said he's he's on the downward he's he's reached the hump of the hill and he's on the you know the second half of his career and you can replace a defensive end but Deshaun Watson I mean we watched what he did at Clemson I mean he beat bama he beat, he beat bama and very few people have really been able to do that almost twice almost twice. i mean and so I think you got to keep him. He's been successful everywhere he's gone, and I think he—I think he is a leader. You just—you just, you just got to get. There's no organizational chemistry right now with the Texans.
0: Well, and I mean, if you look around the NFL, it's pretty obvious the NFL is a quarterback league. Yeah. And so, I mean, look at the Bucks. Yeah. They added a good quarterback and they won the Super Bowl. Right. Which we'll go into later. But I mean, the, Deshaun Watson's a generational talent. I mean, you're not yeah. gonna—if you trade him, I mean. That's unfair to say, but at the same time, if you trade him, you may never get. You're not going to get that value back, most right. likely. And so, I just, especially if you're trying to rebuild. I mean, Deshaun yeah. Watson's a young quarterback, and, you, he's, and he's, a he's a first already, round draft exactly.
2: pick. You you spent a first round draft pick on him. You traded up, to and get you traded up to get him. So I, you got to we got to find a way to make it work, and I hope they do. And if I were him, them, I'd call him up to the you know the offices there at NRG and just say, you know, what can we do to make you happy and get you to lead this team? So, But I don't know if they'll do that. I mean, there's just a lot of turmoil within that organization right now, and I just think that they they got some things to fix in the front office to really take that next step.
0: Well, a, an organization that did take the next step is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So that they, is very true. They added Tom Brady, um, you know, a lot of people say he's the goat. We say he's the goat, at least in our lifetime.
2: I think you have to now. I mean, he's done it with two teams. I mean, it's a. I really don't know how you can. Mm-hmm. You can't say he's the. You can't. Um,
0: but another story about that Super Bowl, which not a lot of people are talking about, is the Bucks defense. You know, they played three great teams to get to that Super Bowl.
2: Yeah, I mean, they faced some potent offenses. You nobody know thinks about how they had to face the Packers. That one's that game's already kind of been – nobody's talking about that anymore. You face the MVP and Aaron Rodgers. And then you face, obviously, the new young, what people are wanting to promote as the next coming Tom Brady is Patrick Mahomes.
0: Well, you also <clears> – <throat> all respect Drew Brees, but you retired Drew Brees. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so – and we love Drew Brees on the right. show. We love him. Uh, but, you know, you went through two of the best quarterbacks we've seen besides Tom Brady. Three honestly Mahomes could be up there yeah we I mean we'll debate that later on in the, in the show but those three quarterbacks are all MVPs
2: oh yeah and Mahomes and, is a Super Bowl MVP yeah.
0: and did the Bucks even make the playoffs last year
2: the Bucks haven't made a playoff run uh, and I remember the last time they really had success was when they had Gruden and they beat uh yeah they beat the Raiders in the, in the Super Bowl and that was like an O2 or o3. And ever since then, I mean, they kind of would have their moments where they'd flirt with a playoff with Jameis Winston, but obviously that ain't going <laughs> to mm.
0: All respect to Jameis Winston, but he is not Tom he Brady. He is not Tom Brady. Um, but, yeah, so, you know, it's 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 moves like that that win Super Bowls. Yeah. And the, you, you got the sense that Tampa Bay was like, you know what? We got the young core. We got the pieces.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All we're missing is quarterback. Yeah. And going back to Deshaun Watson, I mean, if you could build a young core around him and you could build a team, who's to say the Texans aren't like
2: that? That's exactly right. And another thing too is they got a lot of guys that like you mentioned to me before we went went on is a lot of older superstars and I think one thing an unsaid thing about that is a lot of times when you get a lot of big egos in the room like a Jason Pierre-Paul, who's won a couple Super Bowls with the Giants, and an Adamic and Sue, who we all know is sometimes not the easiest to get along with, he's had his history, and an Antonio Brown, who's definitely had his share of problems off the field, and you get them to all buy in and you know come together as a team, that's pretty special. I mean, that kind of shows, I think, the leadership ability of Tom Brady, the fact that he can get, just by being himself, he can get all these guys to say, okay, well, we're in, and we're in this together. Let's go win it and have the success they did. And the thing about a Tom Brady team is they always seem to peak at the right time. They'll start out 500, and people, you know, Tom's about to retire. It just doesn't have it anymore. And then they'll be around 500, and then all of a sudden you look up, and they're 11 to 5, and they make a Super Bowl run. So Every time. Every
0: Every time, well, another move that was made this off season, which I guess you know, the Lions are kind of in the same position as the Texans. You know, they're they're trying to rebuild their organization's going through some stuff. Um, they traded their franchise quarterback, one of the best quarterbacks they've had, to the Rams and Matthew Stafford. Can you tell us a little bit more about that?
2: The 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 Rams send two first round picks and a third round pick. And obviously the one that turns everybody says they took they sent Jared Goff to the Lions just for Matthew Stafford. So in my opinion, I think the trade is better for Detroit, but Los Angeles short term I think you're gonna get short, some short term benefits because Matthew Stafford when he's not running for his life is great. Great. I mean the problem is he's he he's having to run for his life all the time. Yeah. And I mean, he just has n- I mean, the Texans who weren't very good last year were able to make the Lions offensive line just look pitiful. And so, Jared Goff, I mean, better have the Tylenol in the in the medicine cabinet cuz he's going to be he'll have he'll be a lo- he'll have a lot more bruises after this season if they don't get some offensive line to help him out. But this is setting up the Lions for more long-term success, in my opinion, and uh, that's what me and Jackson were talking about is that, you know, long-term, I think the Lions benefit. Short-term, though, you get a Matthew Stafford to come help you out, and, you know, they were in the Super Bowl not too very long ago. I mean, and they just – they their offense hasn't been what it was that year.
0: Well, you know, you kind of feel like the Rams are in win-now mode. Um, they yeah. kind of built that core up around them, and, you know – sometimes you feel like teams get a little impatient. Yeah, Jared Goff's still pretty young. He's yep. on the rise. He's and a California boy. Exactly. And you kind of feel like maybe they were just like, you know, we have a good team. Maybe once, you know, Goff yeah. hits his prime, maybe these guys won't be there anymore. Yeah. Let's go make a move and let's get a good veteran quarterback that wants to win now uh-huh. and let's win now. And he
2: turned the ball over too much this year. He did. So he I think did. they kind of were un- – yeah. You know, and LA is a tough sport market. It's absolutely. I mean, there's a lot of people that expect you to win, and it's a you know win now, and they don't you know get out of the kitchen if you can't take the heat. And LA is definitely one of those those kitchens. Well, and
0: also they have that new brand new stadium down there. Yeah. They want to sell tickets. Yeah. And Matthew Stafford will sell tickets. Exactly right. It's a franchise quarterback. So the Lions got younger. And the Rams are in win-now mode. Correct. So you would say the the Lions won that trade. In the
2: long-term scheme of things, I would give the edge to the Lions.
0: Well, kind of going off that and, you know, egos and everything, Russell Wilson comes out and he says he's not happy. He hasn't requested a trade yet.
2: Well, who would be happy in Seattle? Well,
0: I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Seahawks <laughs> fan. No, no. no, I
2: mean. I'm just kidding. I, I know, love It's a beautiful city. I mean,
0: a lot of people, you know, give me some – Give me a hard time about it. But, you know, we won a Super Bowl recently, yeah. and we had the Legion of Boom, and, you know, we got rid of a lot of those guys to yeah. sign Russell Wilson. Yeah. So, from a fan's perspective, I'm like, well, you know, we blew up a really good team to yeah. sign you here long term. What's going on with that?
2: And, you know, he wasn't the big part of that. those two Super Bowl runs and that one win. is, you know, It was Marshawn Lynch and that defense is what everybody talked about Is the reason why they won a Super Bowl. And they signed him, and he he starts, all, the last two seasons he started out just with absolutely amazing MVP talk and then Let Russ Cook comes out, and he just can't do anything. And this year it kind of started when Chris Carson got injured in the middle of the season, and their offense just kind of sputtered. And I think people kind of started to zone in on DK Metcalf, and when they did that, Tyler Lockett kind of, couldn't maintain that success, and I I think just some more defenses uh, figured them out, and I I, I don't know what's the problem, though. I mean, they're set up for success. Pete Carroll is one wherever he goes. Uh, He seems to always have a good chemistry with his players, and um, I just don't know what's holding that team back from being really good. I do think their offensive line is kind of an issue, um, Chris Collinsworth said that during one of the Monday night football games is that if they don't win a, a championship or make it far in the playoffs this year, it's going to be because of their defensive and offensive line. So maybe, you know, I think that's what you build a team around, and that's what I've always kind of said is you build a team in the trenches. And, you know, the Cowboys did that. And when Dak was healthy and then when Zeke was in, in his prime – or I, I, he should, I think he should be still be in his prime, but I think his he was a little hungrier then in his first two years. The Cowboys were pretty pretty dang good there for a while, building off that offensive line. And the thing is, not to turn this into Cowboys, but their offensive line has been hurt for the last two seasons. They can't stay healthy, so I think that could kind of be something with the Seahawks. Is so you might go draft some some guys that can help you win up front.
0: Well, and, you know, talking about the Cowboys, Andy Dalton's obviously not a superstar quarterback. Right. But he's a decent enough quarterback. Yeah, I mean, he's and been in the league for how long? Exactly, and he's been to the playoffs, so uh-huh. he knows what he's doing. Um, And I think a lot of people were really hard on him this year just because of the line that they had. I mean, he was yeah. running for his life. Yeah. I mean, he, he got knocked out of that one the game. The Redskins
2: game, yeah. he could oh, – or, excuse me, the Washington football team. Yeah. Uh, My apologies. I'm still still transitioning with yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, They – you know he he couldn't do anything (laughs) I mean he he was just he had no time and I think that's not saying that's what's happening in Seattle but no matter who it is Russell Wilson is obviously a great quarterback and I mean you've seen him when he has time the beginning of the year we're talking about how the Seahawks were one of the best teams in the league and I think they just they they kind of sputter at the end because they kind of lose that that Strength up front, but I think Russell being unhappy. I I don't I would definitely get a hold of that if I were the Seahawks organization. I don't know What would cause him? I'd ask him what he wants and what he thinks the team needs to be successful, maybe because You know I the the ingredients I think should be there I mean you got a DK Metcalf and a Tyler Lockett to throw to and a Russell Wilson throwing to him. I don't see What you know where the disconnect is there but you know I'm not an NFL player I'm not an NFL quarterback and I didn't stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night so I I don't (laughs) I don't but I don't know how he seems I mean I'm this would be news this was news to me I don't know why he's not happy
0: yeah I mean same here I I mean I don't know what there is to be mad about I mean your team's been yeah, the the team to beat in the one of the teams to beat in the NFC the last how many years five and six years
2: and they've not made a trade that would turn heads like the Texans have that would make him upset. No. I mean they've not traded DK Metcalf for, you know Marshawn Lynch right. for or somebody who's in retirement like David Johnson almost was. Well, I
0: mean if anything they've received people. They got Clowney. Yeah, they got Clowney in that trade. Yeah, and so and the Griffin any, brothers. Right. So if anything they're giving him more options yeah um but you know like i said it's a quarterback driven league and you want to make your quarterback happy yeah um staying in the nfc there's been reports you know after the bucks beat the packers that aaron Rodgers may not be in a packers uniform next year what do you think about that i think
2: he's coming back i think i think he said even the way he said it that was kind of a thing that news media will like you know let's put a a juicy headline on something and then the more you read it Okay, when what he said was, I assume I'll be back with Green Bay, but who knows? And he had just, they asked him that after he after just losing an NFC Championship game. He's coming back. I'd be very surprised if he's not in a Packers uniform.
0: I mean, I agree. They've been in the NFC Championship the last what? Yeah. Where else would he go to where he? We yeah. need that good. You know? And the fans in Green Bay love him. He's a legend. He'll yeah. have, I mean, his his number will be retired there. Yeah. So I mean, why why would he leave?
2: He he's not going anywhere.
0: I guess, you know, when the Packers drafted Jordan Love, that probably added a yeah. little more, but you know, if you're the Packers, Aaron Rodgers is getting up there in he's, age. He's what, late old. 30s? I mean, he's not old like Yeah.
2: I you mean, know, he's not and, and but back, he's had a he's been Tom Brady's stayed healthy his career exactly. Aaron Patrick, Rodgers, have done, uh, yeah, he's, Aaron, gotten Aaron, some,
0: he's taken some hits.
2: Aaron Rodgers broke his collarbone. Exactly. A couple, I mean, he's had shoulder problems. So, so I mean, you're just preparing yeah. for the future. I mean, and yeah. Jordan
0: Love, I mean, he's not, he wasn't one of those draft picks where everyone was like, this guy's a stud, you know, he's this is this is the absolute guy. Neither was Tom Brady, though, <laughs> exactly. And he was he was a project, yeah. And why not, yeah, you know, if you're a backup quarterback, if you're a GM why wouldn't you want a rookie to back yeah. Aaron Rodgers up? I mean, he does everything right, right. for the most part. That's the so. best job
2: in America is being a backup quarterback exactly. in the NFL.
0: And think about it, You're a young kid, yeah. and that's your role model. That's the guy yeah. you're going to – I mean, yeah, that will be hard to bat, to come after. Right. But you're also going to learn a whole lot. A whole, whole lot. lot.
2: And you talk, look at p- quarterbacks that have been successful in the NFL. It's A lot of times it's when they back up a quarterback like that Jimmy Garoppolo who's obviously not just ha- didn't have a ton of success this year, but he sat behind Tom Brady forever, and he did lead the 49ers to a Super Bowl.
1: Right.
0: Well, I mean, let's not forget, Aaron Rodgers backed up Brett Favre. That's true. And so, I mean, it's kind of the same thing. Yeah. Um. No, I think Aaron Rodgers a little bit higher of a prospect. Yeah. I'm not 100% sure yet. We yeah have to fact check Well that. Jordan Love okay. just went to a real
2: small school in Utah State, I believe. Yeah, so. and he looks he yeah. his
0: tape's good. Yeah. He looks athletic, has a good arm. He's yeah. a dual threat guy. So I mean, why not? I mean yeah. why not? What's the risk?
2: Right. I mean, yeah. You I, have a I Pro Bowl
0: that's... quarterback that has won you a championship already. Mm-hmm. Why not? Right. Speaking of Pro Bowl quarterbacks, there's been a lot of rumors and we don't know if this is true or not. We've just seen it around, you know, on social media and on T V. Um, Andrew Luck is thinking about coming back.
2: That would be kinda of surprising to me yep. because of the way the guy just I think he wanted to come back to have one more final hoorah and he did that and he was healthy he stayed healthy. The guy's been hurt so much. I I wouldn't come back if it were me, but people like that missed the game and he you know, he was so young. I mean, I, it was a shock to Indy fans when he did leave, but and they do have to replace Philip Rivers now. But you know, I don't know if Andrew Luck is is going to come back or not. But I'd be surprised if he did.
0: Well, if he does, you put him on that team. Yeah, they're they're a contender. I mean, they're they could they the, could go all the way.
2: The Colts have been a really close for the last few few years. Uh, they obviously had a Couple years of growing pains after Peyton left, but they've been kind of challenging, and they're just one little thing away every year. And Philip Rivers is a good quarterback. I wouldn't actually be surprised if I were them. It's nobody's talked about it, but if I, and I doubt that the Texans would trade Deshaun Watson to a divisional opponent. But I'd be making a hard push for him if I were Indianapolis, and they're not. But and you know, I don't know the cap situation there at Indianapolis. They may not have enough money to do it, but you know, might be worth something looking into. It. But I don't know if I don't know if Andrew Luck's coming back or not. I'd be surprised, but stranger things have happened. And you know, who knows? Time will tell.
0: Well, I mean, they they had a great season this year. Yeah, they just ran into a hot Bills team. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean Josh Allen was playing unbelievable. Yeah, and that game was close. Yeah, and so I mean, couple. Who knows what happens?
2: Right? Yeah, I mean, the, the they were they they were a double-digit win team, and they fought with the Titans. The, the NFC, uh, excuse me, the AFC South was pretty good this year. I mean, the Titans are really getting really good. I mean, Derrick Henry, obviously, but Ryan Tannehill's helps them. I mean, and AJ Brown and. Titans were really good and the Colts were really good and that's why it's that doesn't help (laughs) that's obvious we keep going back to the Texans but that's not helping their situation is the whole division's improving and it's making it that much harder to get back to where they want to be and the Colts are obviously a big reason
0: well you say you know you say the Titans and the Colts are the top two teams Deshaun Watson's the best quarterback in that division and it's Absolutely, not even close. Not, no, it's not even close. And so, I know we keep going back, but that is a big foundation. Yeah, that is a big thing to most teams are dying and scraping for a quarterback that's even half as good as Deshaun. Yeah, and so if you're building off of that,
2: yeah, yeah, I mean the Texans have the most building blocks, I think, to be just really good if they just would get out of their own way. And I think that's kind of the thing with all Houston sports right now. Yeah, don't the Rockets, that. I mean, you know, they've been in the news. And, uh, you know, Astros had some success in keeping some of their core members. but It's been a tough, it's, tough
0: offseason. A tough year for Houston sports. Yeah. <laughs> um, but kind of going off, you know, you started talking about baseball. We have some really good news. Yeah, Jackson and i'll, I'll
2: turn Jackson I'll turn Jackson the mic over to Jackson here, absolutely. and he'll he'll uh handle the baseball segment
1: with you.
0: So, Jackson, you've had a busy summer, busy you know year. Tell us a little bit about what's going on.
1: Yeah. So, from the baseball side of it, I've been working obviously with Tom House, doing stuff for Mustard, um, as well as I had opportunities to go do stuff for the Kansas City Royals this past summer. But with Mustard, we've been working every week with different. High school kids college kids professional guys of uh, improving their velocity and so we had a guy from Maine who started with us 12 weeks ago named Justin Courtney um, he was sitting 87 88 when he first saw us all of this is virtual through our mustard app and through clinics and everything that we're doing and in 12 weeks he went all the way up to 97 98 touching 101 so with him he went out to a camp with Tom out in San Diego and he got the opportunity to see Tom and Tom was like okay he's ready to see throw in front of professional guys in front of MLB teams and so with Justin he threw in front of the San Diego Padres had a tryout for them it didn't go as well as he had expected and so with all the connections that I've had we got him involved with the Angels and Gene Watson and so the Angels saw videos of him throwing off flat ground throwing bullpens and throwing a running gun and through the Angels and through Gene and through Tom and everything we've been doing we ended up getting him to sign on a minor league deal with the Los Angeles Angels. Um, This is a bigger deal because Justin two years ago had Tommy John surgery out of the University of Maine and he had been looking to be in professional ranks and so with him he's 6'4", 225, great guy and I'm excited to see what he does coming up In the Angels organization and through spring training but to have you know a guy that just 12 weeks ago was sitting 87-88 to now sitting 97-98 touching 101 with a great breaking ball it's exciting not just for Mustard and not just for Justin and for the Angels but for me as well to be able to help him sign with the professional team and sign a minor league deal was really cool for me and to be a part of that process was awesome.
0: Yeah, that's, that's really awesome. Can you tell us more about what Mustard does yeah, for so the average you know, Little League pitcher or college pitcher or whatever?
1: Yeah, so Mustard, what Mustard's going to do is it's going to give basically Tom House has been working with Tom Brady, Drew Brees, my grandfather Randy Johnson, and 50 years of collecting data. And what it's going to do is it's going to break down mechanics for baseball, football, golf, anything that involves swinging or throwing. And so what it'll do for baseball is it's going to give you – Three key frames, max leg lift, foot strike, ball release, and it's going to give you nine key variable mechanics a pitcher has. After you take a video, open side or front side view, what it'll do is it'll break down the mechanics and it'll say, hey, your head's off by this amount percentage, your foot strikes off by this per- amount percentage. These are the type of drills you need to do or a Herschweiser drill, X drill, rocker leaper, wall drill, you name it, that you can do to fix your mechanical problems and to gain uh, proper velocity and again it really quickly and so to have our first pro guy sign a minor league deal with the angels you know the stuff is working and what it's going to do is basically give that mom or dad um, in the backyard will give you a video and it'll explain everything that you have to do and what that guy needs to do to, to uh, get better at mechanics as well as throwing harder but to have fun our process is just to revolutionize the power of play most kids quit uh, playing sports at age 14 because they don't have fun playing the game, and if you have fun playing the game, then you're going to enjoy doing what you do on a regular basis. And so, obviously, with Justin, we're excited for him, and you know we can't wait to see what he does in the next month coming up with spring training, and I'm looking forward to see how he does.
0: Yeah, that's really incredible, and what a life-changing moment for him, right?
1: Yeah, no, for sure, and you know all of it's just we want to continue to help guys out and continue to help others across the game you know whether it's high school college pro you know little league and just have people play the game of baseball you know it's america's pastime and you know there's just something about playing the game of baseball that you know just brings joy to people and brings joy to people's families and so really we just want kids to have fun playing the game and really play it to the best of their abilities and play as long as they can and to say okay this high school kid Right, that would never think about playing college baseball is now going to play college baseball because he's having fun playing the game, he's put in the work to get better, and he's getting licked at different universities. And so, you know, or that college guy that doesn't think he can go to professional baseball is now getting the opportunity to go because he's enjoying what he's doing and he's gained, you know, X amount percentage on velocity. He has that great breaking ball, has a great changeup, and so really it's just what can we do to make guys better every day and like Tom says it's about getting one percent better every day what can you do to make yourself one percent better and I'm excited to see how Justin does this upcoming season
0: yeah I think we'll all be at the at least at the JV team we'll all be keeping an eye on him well we've got some MLB news right good to be talking about baseball and sports in general right
1: yeah no for sure
0: Jake Arrieta is back with the Cubs. Can you tell us more about that?
1: Yeah, so he just signed today a one-year deal with the Chicago Cubs. I don't know how much the money is. It's not out yet. But what Jake Arietta can do is he brings experience to a team that is lacking a little bit of experience because they traded off some of their guys or they've lost some in Kyle Schwarber. And so, you know, the Cubs are kind of an in an interesting situation. I don't think they're at the be- top of that division now with Nolan Arenado going to the St. Louis Cardinals. I I kind of feel like they're kind of stuck in the middle, but what he'll do is he'll bring he'll eat up innings and he'll bring in some veteran leadership to a team that can help guys that are younger to improve their game, and so we'll see how he does. I, I see him as a two or three in that rotation, though. It's cool seeing him go back to a team. You know, I think he had a good run with the Cubs. Well, oh, he had a good
0: run. He went to the World Series. So I mean, it's cool kind of seeing guys finish their careers at a place that they like to play in. You know.
1: Yeah, and we'll see where he goes after this uh, upcoming season. And he may stay in Chicago, or if he doesn't have a good year, he may retire. Or, you know, if he has a great year, then he may get another two- or three-year deal. And so, really, it's just looking at how he does this year. And if he does well and performs well, then he'll get another opportunity.
0: Right. Well... The guy was a Cy Young winner, so I mean, I, the potential's there. It's just, you know, how will what will he do? Right? Yeah,
1: exactly. And what has he done to get himself in the shape that he needs to get in, and into pitching every day or every five days, and you know, going through a 162 game season? What most people aren't talking about right now is that you know we just had a 60 game season, right? And those guys, you know, I don't know how well they're going to be prepared for 162, and so having a deep 40-man roster and having a bunch of pitching is going to be very vital this upcoming season because you're going to have guys get injured and to have a deep roster is going to be very beneficial into what happens for the postseason coming up in 2021. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Well, we had a trade also happen this week. Elvis Andrews, traded to the A's for Chris Davis and some prospects.
1: Yeah, so basically I was kind of surprised on that deal. So Elvis Andrews, who'd always been with the Rangers, got traded to Oakland. Oakland had been looking for a shortstop after losing Marcus Simeon to the Toronto Blue Jays. And so the reason why I saw that surprising is because Oakland doesn't have the type of money that the Yankees do or, you know, other teams like that that Chicago does or L.A. And so really to pick on Elvis with the amount of money he has on his deal was interesting to me. But Chris Davis, you know, going back to Texas, it won't be a bad deal for Texas. Um, They'll get a designated hitter who'll hit a bunch of home runs, but he's not going to hit for much average. So I kind of feel like it's a no win or no loss situation for both teams. Oakland's trying to win a division and they, you know, compete with Houston and, you know, the angels will be right there. And so, you know, it's a no-win situation or no-loss situation for both teams, so I feel like it's a bad-money-for-bad-money bad type of trade. Right, it's just a just a trade, mm-hmm. right?
0: Well, it's something to talk about. But my, another thing to talk about is we finally get minor league baseball back, which I know you're really thrilled about that because we didn't have it last year. So yeah. tell us more about that. Yeah,
1: so minor league baseball will be back in 2021, and it's going to be a little different um, in the fact that There's going to be, for AAA, there's going to be a AAA East, which has 20 teams, and then AAA West, which will have 10. And so I'll get into AAA West because Round Rock Express are going to be in that side of the AAA. And so in that division, the West, um, AAA West, you're going to have in the East division of that uh, AAA, you're going to have Albuquerque, El Paso, Oklahoma City, Round Rock, and Sugar Land. And then in the West part of the AAA West, you're going to have Las Vegas, Reno, Sacramento, Salt Lake, and Tacoma. And so what this is going to do is it's going to have more of our teams playing really close to home in Round Rock. And so obviously Sugarlands and Houston area, Oklahoma City, El Paso, and Albuquerque. So you're not going to be traveling as much. And with COVID and all of that going on, you'll be able to contain what's going on better than playing all the way, you know, in Sacramento or wherever. So... Um, Yeah, I'm excited. We're now back with the Texas Rangers organization. We just signed a 10-year deal with the Texas Rangers, and so I'm happy to be back with the Rangers organization, and I look forward to seeing the Round Rock Express fans back at the stadium on opening day at the Dell Diamond.
0: Yeah, I think we're all excited to get back to watching a game live. We haven't done that in a while, so that, you know, baseball is awesome to do that. Hopefully, we have good weather Will there be any socially distancing at the ballpark?
1: Yeah, there's gonna have to be. I'm not sure how they'll exactly do that, but I know we'll come up that the Express will come up with a great plan to do that, as well as these other teams. And what I'm most excited about is just to get back to baseball. And there's just something about a summer night, see, watching a ball game, hanging around, and you know, seeing guys try to reach their goals and their dreams because they're one step away from getting to the big leagues. And, That's what everybody's dream is, is to get to the major leagues.
0: Absolutely, and, you know, we had a year where we couldn't do that. So I think a lot of people will really cherish it now and won't take it for granted. I know we won't. Yeah. You mentioned it earlier that the Blue Jays signed Marcus Simeon. Well, they also got somebody else that's pretty good. Tell us more about
1: that. Yeah, they got George Springer. Um, George it's going to go all out. You know, you sign him for the first part of that deal, that five-year deal, or six-year deal, sorry – so the first three years is what you're looking to do. And Toronto's been on the cuffs. Obviously, they got Cabin, Dizio, they've got uh, Gurriel, they got Guerrero. So they've got some good players coming in, and Marcus Simeon will help them at shortstop. I don't know if they have the pitching to get where they want to be this upcoming season, but they're going to score a lot of runs. And Springer's going to go all out, and he's obviously going to give you really good at bat and in the postseason if they were to make it he's one of the better postseason players obviously 2017 world series champion world series mvp and has had great success with the houston astros and so you know springer is a game changer in the postseason and so we'll see how they do and i know he'll bring in some good veteran leadership and just an overall great guy and happy for him
0: absolutely well you mentioned the veteran leadership and they also tried to go for michael brantley but Michael Brantley chose to go back to the Astros what do you what do you think about that
1: no good deal um Michael Brantley is just a solid hitter you know a professional hitter a guy that's going to give you a great at bat every time out um and is just going to play good defense and is just overall just a stud of a player and what you're looking for on a team and the Astros are going to be right there again you know they've lost some key players but they're going to be right in the thick of things in that division and You know, they have a great chance to make the playoffs again. And once you get in the playoffs, anything can happen, especially in baseball. And so we'll see how it goes. But Michael Brantley is obviously a good sign, and he'll do some things that will help that ball club out.
0: Well, and, you know, you said anything can happen in the playoffs. I mean, last year the Astros, it seemed like, pitched all AAA guys or minor league guys, and they went to the ALCS. So you're absolutely right. And I think it should be cool to see how those – Players progress from last year a 60 game season to well maybe you know maybe they won't be as good because of the 162 game season how do you think they'll react to that you know being their first almost full season in the big leagues
1: yeah and two last year you weren't playing every team so like you're only playing the west and uh NL and AL west for most of the season so you you know some of these teams you haven't seen in person and you haven't got to face in live and so we'll see how it goes for the astros um you know, really, I'm looking at Oakland, Houston, and L.A. in that division, and then Seattle and Texas kind of in the background there, but we'll see. I mean, you know, it just depends on what happens, and it's obviously, you have to have dominant starting pitching, and you have to have dominant relief pitching to win ballgames, and if you look at the champions of the past decade, all of them have had dominant starting pitching between Clayton Kershaw and Walker Buehler to Max Scherzer. Um And, you know, you go down the list of Chris Sale, 2017, we had Justin Verlander, uh, 2016, obviously the Cubs had Jake Arrieta and had some other guys. And, and so the Royals had great pitching and put the ball in play. And so those are key, always key situational things you look for. And it always comes down to in the playoffs, which team is hot and who has the wherewithal to get through a sprint after a marathon
0: gears now we're gonna go to the NBA the Rockets traded James Harden and I know we haven't been we haven't had a show since the whole drama and him and Westbrook and everything but they traded him you know they got some assets what did they get in that trade and then can you kind of describe what it's like for an organization, you know, going through that with your superstar player or both superstar players really and how you react to that, you know, when you're trying to still play ball games and how to keep a locker room?
1: Yeah, so I'll go through the trade first between the Nets, the Cavs and the Rockets. Um so the Nets ended up send it, sending center Jared Allen and forward uh Terry on Prince to Cleveland and guard Chris LaVert, and forward uh Ronnie two Chris I want to say as well as three first-round draft picks um and a deal that involved India as well and so Kersler alert ended up going to Indianapolis and Houston ended up getting some draft picks and Victor Oladipo and a couple others and so you know I felt like it was just time for James Harden to go um he had wanted out of Houston obviously the past couple months he'd not been happy and you know, when your star is not happy and he's always sitting out and complaining, it's just never good for an organization. And I really feel like the Rockets did a good job getting uh, draft takes back because that's how you build an organization from the ground up. And then also getting Victor Oladipo won't hurt at all because a guy that can help out and shoot a little bit. So I feel like it was a win-win for all sides because the Nets are in a win-now mode and now having Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving is going to be really hard to defeat in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, and you know you get a guy like Victor Oladipo who has been a star in the league. I mean, he's been a star, and you only have him what this year because his his deal's over. And so if it doesn't work out, well, you don't lose anything. And if he does turn out to be good, you can sign him. So I think it's a win-win for the Rockets. What about you?
1: Yeah, I do too. Um the Rockets are kind of in more of a rebuild mode now Errors is the way that I see it. And you start by drafting great players and you got to find guys that fit your organization. And so, you know, their scouts or their front office, their general manager is going to have to try to find what position do we want to fill first and how do we want to go about filling that position with draft picks.
0: It was, it's also hard, you know, because, you know, you had Daryl Morey leaving. You had D'Antoni leaving. And so, basically, you had to rebuild your organization. I mean, no, correct me if I'm wrong. No, yeah,
1: and they have a great coach now who came from the Mavericks and he knows what he's doing, and that's what it starts with. you got to start with leadership. If you have great leadership within, orga- within an organization – and guys that are going to get the job done on a regular basis, and you're going to be very successful at what you do. And I think the Rockets are going to be very good coming up. It'll take a couple years, but they're going to be really good in that division.
0: You know, for a young GM like Raphael Stone, that's not an easy situation to get into, trading your maybe one, I wouldn't say the best franchise player, but easily your second. And so the way he handled that I thought was great. And what he got back, he wasn't pressured into making a trade. You know he he was patient. He got the trade he wanted. He knew where he wanted to send him. He knew what he wanted back, and he didn't let the media you know kind of control that, and he didn't let Harden kind of control that. And I think Stephen Silas is a great hire, like you said, and I think he handled it perfectly. And he's one of the brightest young minds in basketball.
1: And one of the best moves this GM has made so far is getting Christian Wood, um, getting a center that can go out and that is young, that is dominated like he has is a great centerpiece to build around your organization. And you know, even with them losing Westbrook, it's kind of like a renew Rockets, and so Absolutely. we'll see how they do. I mean, it's obviously going to take time, but I feel like they're doing the right things for their organization.
0: You know, you got Christian Wood, and you really got him pretty cheap. I mean, I know they're paying him 41 million, but for a guy that's putting up All-Star numbers, that's not a bad deal at all. And you also have a guy named, you know, Tayshon Prince. He's doing not Tayshon Prince. Uh, I forgot his name, but he's. I mean, you have a a good young core there that. I mean, there's something special there. If you could just keep them all healthy, keep them all together, I mean, you can, you could do something there.
1: Yeah, you could you really could. do something. You could. But what this trade is more about is really for Brooklyn, if we're being honest. Absolutely. They're an all-in. Brooklyn they're all in. is an all-in, but as well, they think they're better than Philadelphia, and they think they're better than the Lakers. And so, really, what this is proving is that you know, they're trying to buy a championship, and it's I I don't really think you can buy a championship, but we'll see how that goes. And, you know, I personally think it's going to be a Nets and Lakers uh, NBA Finals just because I I think that the TV ratings are going to help that out, um, you know, from the NBA side of things. And we'll see where it goes. But, you know, you have to get past LeBron after all to end up winning a championship, and the Lakers are the reigning champions. So we'll go from there.
0: A Nets-Lakers Finals would be – Heaven for ESPN and all the markets. I mean, you got LA and you got New York markets. What else would you want? Also, you got Kevin Durant and you got James Harden, Kyrie Irving. Ugh, you're gonna you're gonna give me a hard time for this, and you know what's coming. I love you know Kyrie is one of my favorite players because I'm a big Duke Blue Devil fan. And Jackson's over here smiling at me because we're not that good this year. And you know Kyrie, a lot of the people around the league don't like him because. He can be kind of a head case, which I totally understand. But this is really about Harden and Kevin Durant. I mean and, and then LeBron. It really is. It's those three. I mean, you have three of the best players in the right on the same court in that finals. I mean, that's unbelievable. In no, prime yeah. time, that's that's a great matchup. The name that I was thinking is Jay Sean Tate. He's been really good for the Rockets and he's super young. And two guys we forgot to mention. And are kind of rejuvenating their career, kind of like you know Christian Wood. Christian Wood started off in the G League, he you know he got spotted and he's going off now. But John Wall and Boogie Cousins, I mean, we totally forgot to talk about that. I mean, for guys like this, this is kind of like a prove it mode. I mean, John Wall tore his leg, his Achilles or his ACL, I can't remember which one it was, and a lot of people were saying he's done, he'll never be good. You know, he sat out all all year and he's playing super good. He's leading this young. Rockets team, and if you have a guy like Christian Wood, Jay Sean Tate, a bunch of rookies, well, I mean, Christian Wood's not a rookie, but if you have a bunch of, you know, that young court, I mean, that's the guy you want them to look up to, am I wrong? And so, and for a guy like Boogie Cousins, he's on a one-year deal if you're the Rockets, why not? He's been a—he's been an all-star. He's been a, one of the best centers in the league before he got hurt. So it's kind of like, you know, you're giving these two superstars a shot.
1: Yeah. You got something. No, but yeah, I mean, I just wouldn't get I'm not trying to be Debbie Downer, but I wouldn't get too excited about the Rockets right now from a a standpoint of trying to win a championship, Um, you know, just because I feel like they're more in a rebuild mode, and the best thing for them would be to have John Wall and Boogie Cousins teach guys how to do things the right way, and even though Boogie Cousins has had some stuff in the past with Sacramento, maybe he's grown out of that, and so... I feel like if they can lead the younger guys and teaching them how to do things the right way and go about their business would be the best situation for the Rockets right now.
0: Absolutely. So we have the Rockets and we have the Nets that we've been talking about. But another team that went pretty far in the playoffs last year that a lot of people were saying could go all the way or at least go to the Western Conference Finals are the Mavs. And the Mavs are not playing well right now. And they have Luka and Porzingis is back. And everyone was saying, you know, Porzingis and Luka, wow, this could be something. Well, they really aren't something right now. Can you tell us more about that?
1: Yeah, so they're 13 and 14 as of now. Um, Just not playing great. I know Porzingis hasn't got to play a whole lot. Um, But just, you know, when you don't play as much, you lose that team chemistry on the court and that, you know, trying to figure out who's going to be what, who's going to be the leading scorer, who's going to be the assist guy, you name it. And so, really, it's more of a surprise that they haven't done as well as they did last year. Um, But... I think they'll figure it out and get going eventually. And if not, then they're going to be kind of in a tough situation because they're going to be stuck in the middle. In sports, I always feel like you don't want to be stuck in the middle here. You want to be winning a lot, or you want to be helping your team rebuild to get into that winning situation.
0: Absolutely. I just, you know, you've you got to feel, if you're a Mavs fan, you've just got to be patient. Because like you said, Porzingis hasn't played a lot. This is his first season, right, if I'm wrong. I mean, he didn't play last year. Because he was hurt, so I mean, just give it time. I mean, those, how old is Porzingis? He's pretty young. So I mean, you got two young superstars, and Luca's unbelievable. A lot of people call him Baby Harden. You know, he's going to be the next greatest thing, if not already, in the NBA. So I just feel like you got to give him time, right? And see, I mean, it's kind of like baseball. Anything can happen in the playoffs.
1: No, yeah, for sure. I mean, especially. Um, the three four or four five three six matchup. absolutely um they just got to get in and you never know this year what could end up happening with no fans you know nobody's talking about that but not really having a lot of fans in the stadium is a big difference uh, especially going on the road because now you're not dealing with you know 80,000 fans like y'all talked about in the NFL with Tom Brady you know not going going up to Green Bay and you know not having to deal with all the fans it's kind of nice and yeah. so you know for them um, But we'll see how it goes And you know Golden State's even in the Playoff run right now even losing Kevin Duran and that just shows how good Steph Curry Is so we'll see how it ends up happening
0: We kind of mentioned the NBA playoffs What do you think the NBA playoffs Are looking like right now like what are your Previews
1: well I mean I'll give A finals preview which I thought I kind of Already talked about which I think will be the Lakers and the Nets but You know we'll see what happens I mean The Clippers obviously have to prove me proved something to me in the playoffs before I say it, that they're going to make a jump to the next level. But, you know, in the East, you really got Philly, Milwaukee, B- Brooklyn, and then in the West, you got really the Lakers, and I know Utah's at the number one seed right now, but I don't really feel like anybody's going to catch the Lakers, just knowing how good Anthony Davis and LeBron James are together.
0: I mean, I guess you can make an argument, maybe, I guess they're like pretty good, they were last year but we all you know we say that every year the nuggets look good in the regular season and then when they get to the playoffs they mm-hmm. they don't don't provide so i mean i i think you're right you know lebron and anthony davis are balling out and to me i mean I, the nets are great and they have three great superstars but to me i i just don't see anyone beating the lakers
1: no yeah i agree with that
0: transitioning now to golf Matt can you tell us what Jordan Spieth's
1: doing right now yeah for those
2: of you that don't uh, know me I'm an avid golfer I played uh, s- throughout high school and that's kind of what led me to UMHB so anything PGA Tour I'm all over and Jordan Spieth has been struggling the last few years he's one of my favorites to watch on the PGA Tour just because you know he he's a long he was a a Longhorn fan, and he's a super nice guy. Uh, Well, he went to Texas, and I'm a Longhorn fan, and he's a super nice guy. He's one of the most liked guys on tour, and he came out, you know, his career just guns blazing, almost won the career Grand Slam in 2015 in one year, and uh, then followed that up with winning the Open uh, fairly quickly after that in 2017, and so he got three of the four tournaments required for the career grand slam and only a handful of guys have done that and that's been Jack uh, Tiger and then I don't even think Arnold Palmer got it Phil's one away so it the select few that have gotten the career grand slam are very very small and he's only missing the PGA Championship for the fourth major but he's fallen on some hard times he's not won since the Open in 2017 and his game has just not been there And it's led the whole, everybody, because he's so well-liked, to think, you know, what's the matter? What's going on? And uh, a few weeks ago, he went to Butch Harmon, one of the more well-known swing coaches on the PGA Tour. And ever since then, he's been playing pretty good. Last week in Phoenix at the Waste Management uh, Phoenix Open, he uh, challenged for the lead. He was tied for it or a a stroke back on Sunday. Uh, Couldn't quite get the job done, but he came away fourth. Which that's a pretty good paycheck on the PGA Tour, and then this week, uh, so far at AT AT&T Pebble Beach program, he is tied for first right now, and so the game is looking like it's starting to get back there for Jordan. I think that you know people are kind of put a lot of pressure on him just the way his career started out. When you start out the way he did in golf, it's such a mental game, probably more than anything, just because it's such a game of centimeters. Uh, One little thing in your swing can affect a ton of. I mean, can change. whole outlook and so I think uh, he put a lot of pressure on himself to continue to win and you know he's because he got 11 PGA Tour wins just like that I mean and so and Tiger who we all know is one of the is the best of all time has 82 career and the people are kind of comparing him as this is the guy that's gonna when Tiger retires this guy's going to continue on the game of golf. And I think that kind of had a negative, uh, a negative effect on Jordan, and he just kind of got too much in his head. And I think he also started to start chasing distance because obviously right now guys are putting on pounds and muscle to drive the ball further. And Jordan's a field player. He's going to make you know his money and win tournaments around the green with his short game, his chipping, his putting. And I think he went to chasing distance and – you know, trying to change a swing and you can't change when you get to that level you never really should change your swing that's what's gotten you to the pros you're one of the you're in the top one percent of golfers by doing what you've done And I think he kind of got away with that and I think away from that and I think he's now starting to hopefully turn the corner and I'd love to see him back in the winter circle because like I said he went to UT I'm a, somewhat of a Longhorn fan and uh you know he's a super nice guy and does things right way. He's kind of like J.J. Watt. He's got his own foundation, the Spieth Foundation, which helps uh, his sister's autistic. You know he he does a lot to help with you know, special needs kids, and he's just a great guy. And we'd love to see him, see him do good, like we know he can.
0: I think Jordan and I also got a lot of younger guys our age, maybe even younger. You know, yeah. Into golf. Yeah. After Tiger left, you know when he took that break. Who was carrying that? You know, yeah. there was no exciting – I mean, my whole family plays golf. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, they we watch it. It's on TV. But right. a lot of Americans don't watch golf. And so right. there wasn't anyone there, to, you know, that had that swagger, that confidence, and, you know, that was really that young. Right. And, and here comes Jordan Spieth, and he's just rolling. Right. And so he was on Sports Center. Golf mm-hmm. was on ESPN. You know, there was, people were talking about it. Right. And so there wasn't a lot of – there wasn't a lot of that going on before, after right. Tiger took his break. And so – you know, I think it'd be good for the sport if you know he came back.
2: And golf, I mean, this is true with any sport. Every sport needs a superstar. But golf really needs a superstar. Absolutely. And because it's a sport that you know, it, it's when when you fall in love with it, you fall in love with it. But a lot of not people cool are sport. hard-headed to fall in love with it in the beginning. And it's not the most captivating sport to watch. It's a lot of fun to play, but when you're watching it, you got to have and Tiger did a Tiger revolutionize the game with just get everybody you can go up to a non-golfer and they know who tiger woods is i mean no matter what no matter if you've played a hole of golf if i were to go up to ask somebody and say hey do you know who tiger woods is you say yeah he's the best golfer of all time or whatever and i think when you put that on somebody else it takes you know jordan spieth went from just focusing on himself and yeah i'm going to go win golf tournaments for me to well now people are calling me the golden child and i've got a whole tour counting on me to win and i don't think that's fair i don't think to put on somebody but when it is you you can think oh my goodness and i'm not winning now i've not won in so long what's wrong i got to go change something when you don't you just i mean it's hard to win on the PGA tour i mean it's i mean i know a lot of guys that you think Ricky Fowler who's one of the best only has five or only uh not even that i mean i think only like four pga tour wins now he's won around the world and like non-pga tour events like the uh, the hero world challenge and stuff like that but you know he's pretty good and he's only got four Here jordan's got 11 and you know it's just it's just a lot to handle
0: I mean that's another guy that had the swagger coming in. Yeah, the flat bill, the, bright the flat bill, blue, the yeah, bright orange. Uh-huh. So exactly right. You mentioned Tiger earlier, and he recently just had his fifth back surgery. Yeah. What are your What are your thoughts on? Well, that? this
2: one was not quite the. It wasn't a spinal fusion. Uh, that was, you know, the one that in twenty right before the twenty eighteen season that really got him going again, which. Obviously we remember that great run he had in 2018 and led up to the 2019 Masters where he won and then the Zozo Championship and late 2019 where he tied Sam Snead but this one was just a minor fix luckily uh for golf fans uh he had a a nerve that was laying on a disc in his back so they went in and orthoscopically fixed that uh but he is going to miss two tournaments now one because one of them's already passed he He always plays in the farmer's insurance. Obviously, Tiger's not playing in the amount of tournaments he used to. He's in his 40s and five back surgeries. But um, I think he wants to get to Jack's record of 18 majors. But uh, he had the surgery not too long ago, and he's going to miss the farmer's insurance. Open, which is already passed, and then he's going to miss the Genesis uh, Invitational, or now the Gen- Genesis. Uh, yeah, now the Genesis Invitational. It was the Genesis Open, but he's going to miss that one, and he expects to be back by Augusta. And I think that's obviously what gets him, what really he's striving for.
0: Well, we've been lucky, and you just mentioned Augusta. We get two masters in a year. Yeah. Who are your favorites for the upcoming one?
2: Well, I think, you know, you're right. I mean, we just finished one in November because uh, the one in April was, you know, it was heartbreaking when COVID hit and we couldn't have it in April of 2020 just because how beautiful it is there in Augusta, Georgia on that course. But, uh, you know, it's kind of been, we've kind of been rewarded with two really quickly. And obviously Dustin Johnson, who just won it, I think the fact that it just happened Kind of plays into DJ's hand because his game is still in really good shape. Um, he just won in Saudi Arabia uh, this past weekend. And I think he's he'd be my favorite right now. Now, will he repeat? It's hard to repeat anything in sports. Uh, but I think I wouldn't be surprised to see him in the winner's circle. Also, Patrick Cantlay is kind of a guy nobody talks about, but he gets, his, gets uh, the job done. Um, Brooks Kepka, he's got four majors, two U.S. Opens, two PGA's. Always plays well at Augusta. I think uh, he's a name you should keep an eye on. Uh, Ricky Fowler, I think he always is a kind of in the hunt, and Augusta fits his game. I wouldn't be surprised Ricky. Ricky's going to get a major. I just don't know when. He probably won't get the Grand Slam, but I, Ricky will get a major, and I wouldn't be surprised if it was Augusta because that's the – out of all the majors, that's the one that fits his game the best, that or the Open Championship, in my opinion. So um, those three guys right there, uh, you know, we'll see Jordan's trending good right now. Now it's too early to say if that will continue. But Jordan Spieth, you know, he always plays Augusta well. And then uh, the last guy I would say is Justin Rose. Justin Rose has got a really, really good game, really solid. And if his short, if his putting putting is there, I mean, he's hard to beat. He almost won in a playoff a couple years ago. Sergio beat him, uh, but I think those are guys that, if I were to, if I were a betting man, I'd say one of the one of those guys.
0: So, for people that don't know the game of golf, can you explain the majors? What are the majors? Yeah,
2: the majors are the four, I guess you could say, Super Bowls of golf. There's four of them, so it's kind of be like. In boxing, there's the WBO, the W, you know, uh, the IBF. You know, the Masters is the first one. It happens in April, and uh, it's in Augusta, Georgia. Uh, the U.S. Open, that one is very interesting because it's open to the public. Amateurs can play in it. You qualify for the U.S. Open, I mean, you and I. If we had a golf game that could get to the U.S. Open, we could go try out. What do you mean? We got it. We got well, we got it, it. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but then we wake up. <laughs> exactly. We turn the Xbox off. As we turn the Xbox off, and then we realize this is the real world. But uh, the U.S. Open is usually in June, and then the Open Championship, also known as the British Open, is in uh, July thereabouts. That's in, obviously, Britain or Scotland. And that one's kind of like the the home of golf. That's where golf was founded. And then the PGA Championship, kind of the least known major. Uh, that one's run by the PGA of America. And that one, they ro- all the majors are rotated around different courses, except the Masters. The Masters is always in Augusta at Augusta National. But the U.S. Open, the British Open, and the PGA Championship are rotated around the country at different courses. You know, rotated around and courses bid on them and clubs been on them to host. And so I, I believe we're coming up on the, uh, the British open being back or no, the U S open will be back at Tory pines, I believe very soon. Uh, don't quote me on that, but I do believe that is coming up. Uh, pebble beach is always one that always, you know, the U S open is always going to be at every few years. And then, uh, uh, Pinehurst Number Two, and then and Britain, uh, they always either have it at Royal St George, St Andrews, uh, Royal Burkdale around there, and then uh, PGA was at TPC Harding Park in San Francisco, and uh, the, this year I believe it's coming to it's coming to Frisco as a matter of fact in the next couple of years.
0: Be interesting to check out.
2: That would be, and then the Players Championship is kind of called the fifth major. And it's not, not a major, but it's kind of the PGA Tour. Uh, the PGA Tour does not run the four majors. The uh, PGA Tour uh, is a separate thing, but the P- the PGA Tour runs the Players' Championship, which is kind of the fifth major, as they call it.
0: So, we had an incident in golf. Yes. That caused a lot of people to yeah. be divided, and they were arguing, and there were some not nice things said on, you know, some uh-huh. of the. Other shows and it involved Patrick Reed and one of his balls, and he he tried to move it. Can you explain what yeah. happened
2: there? Uh, in golf, you cannot. When the ball is in play, you cannot move it. I mean, when wherever you hit it, you can't. It cannot move at all until you hit the ball. And so the thing was, Patrick Reed, unless there's something that's impeding your lie that you can't control, like an ant hill, or if the ball's on the cart path, something like that. Um, well, Patrick Reed claimed that his ball was in an obstruction. And so he he called over a rules official. But the thing was, he picked his ball up before the rules official gave the ruling. Well, then the rules official said he was okay. And ultimately, nothing came of it. But the thing about it is Patrick Reed's kind of got a checkered history with uh, bending the rules. Um, he... A couple years ago, was caught improving his lie in a bunker, and he's obviously he, he's not very well liked by the fans. He's kind of got the hothead mentality, and he'll just say some things that are every once in a while a fan will go that will lead somebody not to like him. And so people are already looking for stuff so they can dislike him even more. And so this last this past weekend at the Farmers Insurance where he won. He or the week before last, excuse me. He he won where he won. He he like I said, he picked up his ball before the rules official actually came over and said, yes, you can move your ball. So he did it early, and so people were like, well, he did it before he even got the ruling. So shouldn't he be? And when you when something like that happens, it's, he's usually penalized two strokes. So in golf, you you know, there's a lot of rule there's a ton of rules in golf about moving your ball when you can move your ball with your hand and but when one of those is not in effect you have to your ball has to stay still you can't touch it until it's in the hole and you're picking it up and so he's kind of been caught bending the rules a few times and, and proving his lie and so people are already kind of looking for stuff and when something like that happens with with him i mean people are going to jump on it
0: so did the PGA or did anyone come out and clarify what he did or did anyone say he was wrong or right, not that or? I
2: know of he came out and said himself that he was told he did it exactly right and that you know he was told that uh, he did nothing wrong but that's coming from him so people aren't going to believe it but you know uh, the PGA came out and said nothing and the PGA is kind of with stuff like that they've kind of caught a bad rap in the past too because you know they're they've just been inconsistent like a a few years ago, uh, a, a, a guy called in. You know, we live on the age where social media is so you know, prevalent right now. A guy rewound his TV and uh, caught one of the LPGA golfers, Lexi Thompson. She mismarked her ball. And so what happened was she marked her ball and picked it up to clean it on the green. Well, then when she placed it again she had moved her ball a matter of like two inches from where she had, and she didn't realize it. Well, a guy rewound it and sent in footage while the tournament's being played to the, to the people running the tournament and said, you know, Hey, I just caught her on TV on my couch, (laughs) you know, and she was penalized two strokes. And so, and that cost her the tournament. And so it's, it's just kind of inconsistent, you know. If Patrick Reed can kind of seem to get away with stuff like this, whereas some others, like Dustin Johnson, Dustin Johnson in a PGA Championship cost him a major and a chance to get in the playoff. He was deemed he grounded his club in a bunker when he really didn't. It wasn't a bunker; it was trampled down sand. This was back in uh, the early two, 2010s, and that cost him a chance to get in the playoff. And so there's just the the rules rulings oftentimes draw criticism from golf fans just cuz they're inconsistent and Patrick Reed is not really one of the more well-liked guys on tour.
0: Is so, you know, we have all in all the other sports, we have officials, we have referees. Yeah. There's marshals, aren't there? Of the course, course
2: marshals and the PGA has rules officials and when there's a something in question, a player will say, "Hey, go get a rules official." They'll come out, they'll tell them the situation, what happened, and then the rules official will give them a ruling. And there's so many rules in golf that, I mean, the USGA, there's a uh, there's a handbook. Right. Uh, and so, I mean, it's Rule 25, Section 25, de- Paragraph 6, Subsection A. I mean, just all this stuff, and that's why they have to have rules officials that have memorized it. And But, you know, a lot of times that can lead to controversy because you know it's so minute of a thing a lot of time moving your ball one inch to the left or you know doing something just that small can cause quite the hunt that could be a hundred thousand dollar mistake
0: yeah absolutely and you know golf is such a historic old sport yeah a lot of traditional people out there that want to keep it that way exactly right so you know the times we're in now yeah people record the tournaments they record tournaments They'll they'll be looking for that stuff yeah. like that. So, I mean kinda sounds like he got caught.
2: Yeah, he got he, I think he, he kinda got caught and he's been caught before and I think that's why people are anxious to not be there are, there's not a, a ton of people in the Patrick Club fan Patrick Reed fan club, so and he kinda that was kinda proven last year at the or the year before last at the President's Cup where he kinda he did not receive the warm welcome from the international fans. <laughs>
0: So we've talked about professional sports. Mm -hmm. We've pretty much covered all of them. Let's get into, you know, our school, the crew. What's going on around Belton, Texas that we want to hear about?
2: There's a lot to be excited about here at UMHB. Uh, Obviously, that's where we call home and our university. Um, Basketball right now, men's basketball is rolling. They've won nine in a row, had their game called off this past Thursday, or what was supposed to be yesterday against Letourneau, because Letourneau could not come in from longview when it's icing and
0: we've had some bad weather here yeah. in belton Un, you know we've never seen weather like this in
2: texas i tell you um, what i've never <laughs> it's kind of weird i've never seen negative 2 on the forecast no, in man. my time my 23 years of living i've never seen it and uh that's what we're supposed to have here monday is yeah. a you know high of 18 and low of negative 2 so that was kind of a bummer because they're 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 really hot right now and uh they've got a new coach, coach Carroll. He's doing really really good things. Got a lot of excitement around that program. They are going to play ETBU tomorrow, uh, uh Saturday the 13th, February 13th. Um they uh hopefully to go 10 in a row. Uh you know, ETBU's got a really good team, but and uh, you know, like I said, we're hot right now. We did lose our starting point guard Byrell Carter. Uh, he's one of my really good friends. He tore his Achilles, uh, and so he he's done for the year. And that obviously is going to be that's kind of a blow. But uh, you know we know that Bi, I know that Byrell is going to do really good things, and he's got a great future ahead of him.
0: That's such a tough injury. You know we just saw that with Kevin Durant. He yeah. tore his Achilles, and you know Clay Thompson recently just tore his Achilles, and John Wall same thing. So I mean that's that's just a really tough blow, yeah. especially for a team that as hot as the crew right now.
2: Right. And I think that I think, you know, he was a point guard. There are some guys behind him that can step up and but he was a senior leader and that's kind of what I think. and he still can be. I'm not saying he's gonna be on the bench, you know, a coach, you know on the off the bench and you know extension of Coach Carroll, but you hate to see it, especially with a great guy like Byrell and uh, but staying positive, UMHB basketball looks very bright. Uh, women are kind of in a rebuild right now. They made the Sweet 16 run before the NCAA tournament was canceled last year. But they lost a lot of seniors. They lost, they're probably their best shooter in Kendall Rollins. Uh, Alicia Blackwell is probably their best just athlete that could do it all. And she's now an assistant on the girls team right now. But they're 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 just in a slight rebuild. I think next year they'll be back to the position they were before and coach moorfield's obviously a great coach he coached under scott drew at baylor and uh now it's been at umhb for uh quite a quite a while um and then soccer uh, transitioning to soccer men's soccer obviously playing a spring season because it was moved to the spring to you know do this whole you know ordeal with the pandemic, but they beat Midwestern state, which is obviously a division bigger than UMHB. They beat them one to nothing in an exhibition. And then they went into double over double overtime against Ottawa university and beat them uh, five to four. And Ottawa is kind of a NAIA powerhouse. So they're doing good. You women's soccer hasn't kicked off. They kick off. They're supposed to kick off yesterday. Uh, and, Obviously this weather did not help. So, with that being said, they will be, you know, they they'll have theirs moved back. Softball I think is really really going to be good this year. They were really doing well. They were 12 and 3 last year before their season was cut short in 2020 and they've got pretty much everybody back. So, as long as the COVID doesn't rear its ugly head and testing and all the protocols and they can keep everybody healthy, they will be really good. And then uh, football. Football, obviously, shortened season. Only playing four games and then a conference championship. That's just kind of, you know, you never want to bypass the work that goes into it. There's a lot of work that, you know, we don't see behind the scenes, and Coach Fred does a great job. But it, when, the day UMHB doesn't win a conference championship, I don't know what I'll think. I mean, they, they beat Bellhaven 41 to nothing have a bye this week, then they play two home games, and then one more away. And then I think everybody pretty much knows it's going to be another ring for yeah. UMHV football, at least conference-wise.
0: I mean, you know, we don't want to be too cocky, and obviously there's a lot of other great programs right. out there, but we like to call ourselves D3 Bama. Yeah, you know?
2: D3 Bama is pretty – that's the most accurate description. There's only three school – and, you know, there's not as many – I, you know, not all D3 universities play football. Right. So, there's not as many football programs, I would say, in D3. But it's us, Mount Union, Whitewater, and then every once in a while, Os- Os- Wisconsin Oshkosh will, you know, pop up. Yeah. But, you know, the longevity, I mean, UMHB has been there for a while now, and I think You know, it's kind of disappointing that they can't, they don't have a postseason this year, but they are playing for a conference ring, and I think that it's, they're going to get it.
0: Well, I mean, I'll tell you this. This is, I've been here, this is my fourth year I'm a senior. This is the first year we won't be playing for a national championship.
2: Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. (laughs) So that's a great way to put it. Yeah, and it's because there's not going to be one. (laughs) Exactly. So it's not because they didn't lose. (laughs) But, and then uh, volleyball started up. Obviously, another fall sport that was rolled over into the spring. Uh, they started up. They're 2-0. They beat Howard Payne. They're doing a different... They're doing a weird format this year is... Uh, they actually are playing double, double headers. So, like, they played at Howard Payne two, ga- two matches last... I want to say last Wednesday. And won both. So, they're not... They're reducing travel is the thinking behind that. So... The sports are looking bright. Obviously, we're about to go through a transition here. Coach man, Athletic Director Randy Mann, is uh, reti- semi-retiring. He's going to still be around, but uh, he's done a lot of great things for the university in the time he's been the AD. And uh, he's ste- and Coach uh, Mickey Kerr is going to step in as Athletic Director. And Coach Kerr has been around, the, around UMHB for a while. He was the head baseball coach. Now he's actually a professor. For the EXSS department, I work under him. And, but he's very knowledgeable. He's going to do really, really good in that position. And, you know, he knows the university very well.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've never met, you know, Coach Kerr, but from everything I've heard from Jackson and yourself, yeah. I mean, it sounds like we're, we're going in the right direction. Yeah,
2: and, you know, Coach Mann obviously can kind of, you know, right. he's still going to be here. He's just semi-retiring. And, you know, the athletic director position is such a – 24 7 job got to be it's kind of like a firefighter in sports you got to be have your phone handy wherever just in case something pops up and i think he's wanting to just kind of slowly ride into the sunset and spend more time with his family and i think coach kerr obviously being in athletics as long as he has he he's gonna he knows what goes on and what it takes and you know, he coached baseball. It was a really good baseball coach here at UMHB. So I think it's going to be a fairly seamless transition, and uh, I think UMHB is going to be obviously dominating in the ASC for quite a while in all sports.
0: Well, before we end the show, I, I have to say I was wrong. <clears throat> we did lose last year. Before the national, it was the round before the it national It was the
2: round, but yeah, we lost to Whitewater, one of who, those
0: programs you were talking who about. Who did one go? Of the three. Yeah,
2: who did go? They went on to win. So we went, we lost to the team that went on to win the national championship. So, uh, you know, it, it, you the football program here, obviously, you know, we get, I get asked a lot. Do you think we should go higher? And I think you know to a D2 or FCS 1A. Yeah. And I think if they can get the other sports elevated to football's level, they will. Um, But right now, football is really the one that we're just a powerhouse in. And then the others were competitive, but we're not there yet. And if they can get other sports to where everything's dominating, then I think you'll see UMHB take that step up because the enrollment numbers are there. I mean, the school's growing the area is growing belton's going to be belton temple area is going to be the size of austin they say by the year 2030 so i mean the numbers are going the enrollment numbers are going to continue to grow and i think a lot of people are going to want to send their kids to private schools now more and more um, and i think you know umhb will continue to have enrollment numbers that you know we're at i think just over 3000 now you know oklahoma state D1 Big 12 isn't that much higher in enrollment than UMHB, you know, so, I mean, and I mean, they are, but I think, you know, I think you could see UMHB continue to grow, and I think you will, and I think you'll see the sports continue to grow with them.
0: Right, and I think, you know, a great landing spot could be the Southland Conference. Yeah. Jackson and I have talked about it on the show before. Um, I think they got to get the money there. I don't know if the money's there yet, but... That, you know, you have San Houston, you yeah. have SFA, I, I'm not 100% sure, they may have gone up, I'm not 100% sure though, uh, but it, even if they are still in that conference, I mean, those are all local schools, yeah. so I mean...
2: Yeah, and you know, UMHB, it, it's a really, it's a lot easier to transition from D2 to D1 than it is to transition from D3 to anything else, because D3, are, there are no athletic scholarships in D3 right. sports. D2... And up there are and so it's a fairly seamless transition when going from d2 to d1 or d1 to d2 d3 you have to think about okay now we got to start providing players with scholarships and so umhb you know the more money that the university brings in i think and the more success sports continues to have i think that's when you'll start to see that right now there aren't anything talks about that and i don't think there will be for the near future but never know five to ten years you never know where we'll be at
0: exactly right and that really just shows the incredible job you know the umhp football program does yeah with how yep. good they are without doing anything with scholarships yeah
2: it's it's a it's it they do a great job of finding that the local small town talent and turning that into national championships at the d3 level
0: well matthew jackson it's been a pleasure absolutely great, great to have another show we're glad to be back and we can't wait to have more special guests on the show um, in the coming future. We're glad to get this thing back up and going, and uh, we're excited for the future. It's going to be good, brother.
2: I'm glad to be with y'all. Thank you.
0: Guess who just got
2: back today The wild-eyed boys that have been away Haven't changed, had much to say